0: Hey guys, we uh recorded this episode last night, which was August 5th, but I wanted to delay the episode until uh the sixth today because I wanted to dive into a little bit of Aaron Eulas talk. Uh but before I dive into that, let me just tell you real quick. Uh we are running a three-for-one special right now on hawkeyeinsider.com for 24-7 sports. By one month, you get the next two free. It'll take you through November. All the inside Iowa football basketball recruiting talk. Uh, You could ever want all for a one month price. Uh, Dive in the swarm, which is the real platform forum where all the really good inside information uh, is given. This deal is set to expire tonight at midnight, and this is for new members only. But again, there's a lot of great content coming up. Sean Bach has been all over Iowa recruiting football, basketball, whatever you need. Dylan's been a great contributor for us. And, uh, you know, we're just hoping to keep this train going. So uh, take advantage of that. Now, for every, what everyone really wants to hear is, what's Iowa getting into Aaron Uless? Obviously, about an hour ago, 2020 Chicago point guard Aaron Uless, uh dropped a, about 56-second a video committing to Iowa. And if the name Eulis sounds familiar, it's because Iowa – really went after Aaron's older brother, Tyler, who ended up being a first-team All-American for Kentucky back in 2014 is when he graduated. Iowa was one of his first big offers, but Kentucky came in, Michigan State came in, and eventually he chose uh, Kentucky over Michigan State and the Hawkeyes. But You know, I think this is a huge pickup for Iowa because Aaron Euliss is a lot taller than his brother. His brother only ended up being around five foot ten, maybe five foot eleven. Aaron's six foot two, one hundred eighty five pounds. He's a guy who's quick, can get in the lane, finish with either hand, Uh, great playmaker. And a couple people I've talked to, they've just said that he he's a really coachable kid. He really wants, he just wants to win, and he'll he'll do anything to take it. Uh, you know, to get to that point. But he also brings a lot of toughness uh, to the court, which is something that I don't think can be undervalued. Uh, I know a lot of Iowa fans have been wanting guys that can play hard-nosed defense, that can get to the rim and kick out for an open three, kind of that tough, gritty point guard. Well, there's really no better place to look than New York and Chicago. Fran got one last year and Joe Toussaint. And now he's got Aaron Euliss in 2020. Uh, I think this is a big-time addition. I've heard nothing but great things about Ulis. He also has a very good pull-up game, can hit the mid-range shot. But one of the biggest question marks that he has is hitting the three. But the good news for, I think, the staff and IO fans that can be optimistic about is he has really solid mechanics. It's just about repetition. It's just kind of getting it down and just takes a lot of practice in the gym. Uh, but I, I also think that this provides a lot of stability now in the backcourt because before Euless, especially before Tucson, everyone was worried about what I was going to do. Uh, you know, obviously, Jordan Bohannon being hurt. There's still a little bit of depth issue, I think, this year in terms of proven depth, but the future sets up nicely. If Jordan Bohannon does not play this year and he decides to come back next year, obviously, if he redshirts this season. Next year, looking at Jordan Bohannon, Connor McCaffrey, C.J. Frederick, Joe Tucson, and Aaron Uless in the backcourt. Eulis uh, did tell me that kind of what attracted uh, him to Iowa, along with the coaching staff. because He he knew he got to know Fran a little bit uh, back when he was recruiting his older brother. Uh, Aaron said that they told him that he could play either guard spot, and that provided a lot more comfort to him because that backcourt room... It, it it's gonna be full. Uh with a lot of talent, but you know, better chance for him to get on the court and if he can have an improved three point shot, that's only get bold better. But you think about next year and years beyond, right? You got a pair of good shooters, Bohan and Frederick. You got tough grade defenders, uh in Toussaint and Eulis. And you know, Frederick could be, we just don't know what he brings to the table yet. Uh but these are guys that don't back down and they got playmakers. So it's kind of that mold of, you know, Iowa fans have been asking Fran to find those quick guys that can get in the lane, can make plays happen. And uh, instead of just that stand around the perimeter, run and shoot, and, you know, God bless Jordan Bohannon, one of the best, I think the best shooter in Iowa history. I think he's a little bit underappreciated at times by fans, depending on the circumstances, but he proved a lot with his toughness and everything this year. Uh but fans have been kind of clamoring to get that quick guy that can just make plays happen because that can really help open up the offense, especially with the three-point line being moved back uh, entering this season. So I think Eulis is a tremendous get, especially before I think more high majors come in the picture. He really played well for Chicago, Mean Streets, AAU team, averaged around 12 points a game, uh, which is pretty solid, especially against a loaded uh, you know, kind of region. Chicago is always going to breed ballers, and – Aaron Euless is just the latest to come out of it. So it's a good start for 2020. Now they're going to go all hands in on Xavier Foster and a few other targets. Uh, But anyway, I just wanted to take a few minutes and address uh, Aaron Euless as usual. If you have any questions, feel free to tweet at me at D-E-I-C-K-H-O-L-T-247 and find all the content you could want at HawkeyeInsider.com, part of 24-7 Sports. We already have three articles Uh, about Euless Up and be sure to take advantage of our three-for-one deal that does expire at midnight. So go to hawkeyeinsider.com for the latest uh, regarding that. But now let's just dive into last night's episode of the Swarmcast. Xavier Foster cuts his list to five. We're still awaiting Oliver Martin news and it's uh, under four weeks away from kickoff with uh, media day this week. Sean Bach will be accompanying me to Iowa media days and Dylan will just be ready to write Whenever he actually decides he wants to do something. It's about so time
1: it's, I can actually go to something. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, you, oh, that's right. You didn't even go to media days last year. No, because I had surgery. No, I was on vacation. No, you had, Didn't you have surgery? That, that was, was it, a big-time media day.
0: Big-time media days. Yeah. Okay, yeah. On my ankle. Yeah. had a bump. T- it was an incredibly tough scene. Uh, But, no, we are back with the Swarmcast. Dylan, I know really you were spot talk, so how are <laughs> you doing?
1: I operate
2: on my own schedule here, David, so.
0: I know. am yeah, great. All right, Mario, you can put my place. This is going according to Corey, plan. <laughs> But no, so I mean, lots of news. It's been about three weeks since we actually done one of these, so I'm excited to actually get into football news. So let's start with a couple, you know, storylines that happened today. Obviously we already talked about Xavier Foster, Cause kind of list of five schools. Sean you've been kind of on top of that, so just kind of break down the start like the top five and who the schools are.
1: Um so I mean at the top of my head right now, the top five, Iowa, Iowa State, Baylor, Virginia Tech and Providence. I did not include one of those schools in the board, so that's why I hinted at the top of my head. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's wide open at this point. you got to look at the whole list, and you're kind of like, ah, oh, Virginia Tech, that's a recent offer. Providence, no one's really sure what the connection is there. Baylor, they've done a good job with him and then the in-state schools, who I think are the favorite at this point.
0: Um, yeah, it's kind of in the long run, though, cause too. I know Xavier Foster was offered by Iowa when he was 14, so, I mean, they've been recruiting him for at least three years. I know Dylan kind of talked to a source pretty close to his recruitment. What did he kind of tell you about the top five?
2: Um, we didn't really talk talk about the top five per se because um, obviously we kind of knew that, that it was going to be the state schools, Iowa, Iowa, State, and then Baylor. Uh, Baylor's made a strong impression on him, obviously, throughout his recruitment. And then the new ones, like you guys said, Providence and Virginia Tech. Uh, Providence, Ed, Ed Cooley uh, is their head coach. He made a really big impact on uh, on foster uh, he was he was really impressed with with him and you know the program there um and then virginia tech um just the whole the staff as a whole has been impressive for him they haven't yet they've yet to visit either one of those schools but um my guess is they'll get out there at least twice to each school um before he wraps things up
1: but you look at his top five two and iowa iowa state makes sense but then the other schools like, there's no connection to that one. Like, you have middle of ACC country in Virginia Tech, who, I mean, they've always been in the ACC, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Providence, Big East. Uh, where's Providence, Rhode Island, correct? Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> there we go. Geography. <laughs> I was making yeah. sure my states were correct. And then you have Baylor, who's down there in Texas. Like, those are... Two completely different parts of the country, pretty much. That, or three different parts of the country. Dude, my geography is all – That's, that's why today. you. That's why you do.
0: That's why you do sports, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I think you're right, though. I think an important thing to kind of figure is, I mean, what four different conferences for top five teams. Yeah. So he's not really keen on any conference. It's just what schools make the best impression, and something else to kind of keep in mind too is he visit officially visited Baylor in June. He has not officially visited, obviously, Providence or Virginia Tech. Uh, He officially visited Iowa last September. I believe that was the Cy-Hawk week. Yeah, it was Iowa State week. Yeah, September 7th and
1: 8th. Yeah, they had Joe Tucson and Trace Jackson Davis on campus. And Patrick McCaffrey
0: for for his official.
1: And a lot of, like, 2020-2021 kids, too, I believe. I think all the Martin bros, that 2021 team with DUACs and – Corbett and Moses and J. Johnson, yeah, were on campus. So, week.
0: I think something to kind of point out though is because I, from what I know, at least what I think I've heard a couple times, I'm not sure if it's solidified yet, he wants to decide before his senior year or just barely into it because he wants to focus on basketball for Oskaloosa. Uh So, he's not going to be able to officially visit Baylor again. If he extends his recruitment into mid-October, he'll be able to go back to Iowa State because I believe he officially visited the 17th and 18th of October or the 14th and 15th. I'm not sure about the date, but it was somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, but it also gives the opportunity that Iowa can get a second official visit if he wants to.
1: I know there's a lot of talk from what I've been told is that Iowa will probably get some of the bigger – I think they'll get some on in September, but October – around the Penn State, and I believe Purdue is that next week, the two home games during October. Yes. Yeah. That's when they're kind of targeting to get some of those top guys on campus.
0: Well, like, I mean, it, we've this has been a report on 24-7 Sports by Steve Wilfong and Alan True, notorious uh, B1G podcast, that Theo Johnson is going to uh, probably visit for the homecoming game against Penn State because he wants to come back down to a game, obviously the four-star 2020 tight end, uh, hey. down to Penn State, Michigan, Georgia, and Iowa. He wants to get to a game at every one of those schools. Uh, but it, an interesting factoid, I think, is three of the visits, Penn State's playing in the game. So, I you know, we've, we've kind of talked about that. They're probably going to be the, most, the biggest contender for him, along with Michigan. I think Georgia's kind of the outlier of the group right now, but, you know, they're a powerhouse, so we'll see if they're able to do that. Uh, but kind of going back to Xavier Foster, he released his top five. I think Iowa's just kind of cleared the, you know, that first step into trying to get his commitment. The staff's been all hands on deck uh, for him since they offered him, and he's made double-digit visits at least. Uh, same with Iowa State, though, and I know he really likes uh, Steve Prom and that staff there. So uh, that'll be something to keep an eye on. Otherwise, it's kind of not winding down recruiting-wise for basketball, but just kind of hitting that that dead period after that July AAU period. Uh, They might get a couple guys on in August, but nothing for for sure. Uh, Let's kind of shift our attention to, to football quick. Obviously, what everyone wants to know about is the latest with Oliver Martin. I promise once we know, we will say something. <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of all over Twitter every day if he's going to be eligible or not. I've been looking for patterns from other, you know, the NCAA. There really just isn't. Uh, obviously, there. I can't remember the name of it, but the TCU quarterback that transferred down there was declared. Uh, he applied for an immediate eligibility waiver, was denied. A uh, few of them have been accepted, but... I mean, it really just – it's going to be a coin flip, I think, at this point. But I think it does help that Oliver Martin has a lawyer, and they're going about it that way because their percentage, if they have a lawyer, is just much greater. And obviously, Oliver Martin would be a huge impact uh, next season.
1: I mean, the thing is with Oliver, I've said it time and time again, with the guys that Iowa has coming for wide receiver, Tracy, Reganey, Regini's going to play slot. There's no doubt in my mind there. I think with Martin, well, because what is he, 6'2"? Six six, he's
0: about six one at most. Yeah, so I mean... 6'1", 200. I, I thought he'd go over Amir Smith-Marcet.
1: Yeah, because I was talking to a few people this weekend, and I thought maybe the idea of him playing slot was a possibility, but I think he's more suited on the outside just because of his... Quickness and really his route running too is something that really stands out. I mean, you have to be a good route runner to play any wide receiver position, but a guy like Martin with that sort of speed and athleticism on the outside is gonna be huge. I mean, you have it with this Smear Smith Marset, but I think with Martin you get into more of Nick Easley type, where he's more a little more efficient and can kind of be a little more productive and some guy you can rely on a little more because I think he's pretty. Decent when it comes to making sure he holds on to the ball while well. Amir Smith-Marset was kind of kind of iffy in that department a little bit. And I think that's going to be huge for them. Yeah. Being able to hold and, on to the ball.
0: And something I did want to touch on, too, I mean, this came – I mean, we haven't recorded since Big Ten media days, but I, I asked Kirk about Amir Smith-Marset because during the spring he said that he wanted to see more consistency out of him. He wanted to see him step up. And Kirk just said, look, he's he's not in the doghouse anymore. He was kind of in the doghouse at the time. Uh, but from what I've seen and what I've heard in the <clears throat> weight room and over the course of summer, he's really stepped up. And he said, I think you're going to see a new Ymir Smith-Marset. And it's on the – I mean, obviously he's explosive in the return game. He's a preseason All-American returner. And I think he will take one to the house uh, sometime this year. But – I mean, they, they need they need more consistency out of the receivers because, I mean, the biggest storyline, I think, hanging this season is Nate Sanley lost his top three receivers and Nick Easley, and the, you know, and two tight ends, TJ Hawkinson, and Noah Fant. So who are those guys that are going to step up? Because we don't know how the running game is going to be. We'll, we'll kind of dive into that a little bit, in a little bit. Uh, but, no, I, I think, like you said, Sean, uh, it, Oliver Martin probably should be on the outside more. He has the athleticism. I mean, Dylan was here when – uh, before during the initial recruitment of Martin and kind of knows how that whole thing went down. But, I mean, he's just a freak athlete. And you need to put athletes on the outside that can get those 50-50 passes, that can do a whole bunch of different things. Slot receiver is just kind of that, that safety cabinet and kind of that guy you go to when nothing else works or in like a third and six, you just get him over a slant over the middle uh, or something. But you don't expect him to go break off, you know, a 35-yard catch or whatnot.
2: Yeah, I mean, he was he was one that we – it was kind of a weird recruitment because it took Iowa – you know, you see these out-of-state programs that are coming in and offering, and you're wondering, okay, well, what's Iowa doing? You know, obviously it, wide receiver had been kind of an issue ever since, I think, I want to say Marvin McNutt left.
0: I said 2011 when they had DJK, they had Marvin McNutt.
2: And, you know, when you have a guy like that right in your backyard, and I think they initially you know, – them not offering initially kind of, you know, it ticked him off. Yeah, it ticked him off a little bit. Um, obviously, everybody's over it now. Um, but, you know, well, we yeah, we'll so. see. Yeah, you, <laughs> you hope so. Um, but, no, we'll see with – because there's a lot of potential. Um, but I think the biggest thing – I know losing Hawkinson and Fan are going to be – you know, it's going to be really tough to replace them. But I think losing Nick Easley might be worse just because it seems like, you know, whenever you, you needed a catch, you know, you need seven yards –
0: it was either Hawkinson. It was either
2: Hawkinson or Easley. Like, yeah. I,
0: no offense to Fan. He still had a good – like, people say yeah, down year last year. I mean, in terms of expectations, yes, but he still put up really good numbers. And Hawkinson just not – came out of nowhere. But, I mean, he turned himself from a guy who would have been undrafted a year prior to the eighth overall pick and is now turning heads uh, with the Detroit Lions. I mean, there's been a lot of hype about him since training camp started for them. So, I, I think you're right there. Uh, I think Nico Regani is going to lead the team in receptions, though. I really do. I From what we saw in the uh, spring open scrimmage, and we will see during uh, the kids' day, I mean, it's not much, but I mean, at least you get to see a little bit of, you know, you just
1: get to see football. How much of a scrimmage, though? Is it mostly just practice? It's like an it's hour. Scrimmage?
0: It's about an hour, but they, they kind of, uh, it, it's a little bit, but it's almost similar to what we do. They're not really going to show much, but it's enough to get yay, hurrah type going. You know, from, from fans. Especially, they're on edge because of, uh, not on edge, but they're kind of just waiting for football since there's no spring game. Mm-hmm. And we we got to see that. So, uh, you know, again, the latest with Oliver Martin is, there is no latest with Oliver <laughs> Martin. We're just kind of sitting and waiting until the NCAA decides to make a decision. And unfortunately, with these waivers, there's no timetable of when it's going to happen. If I had, I mean, I said a week I mean, I said we could have heard something in the Big Ten media days. I said we could have heard something last week. Uh, a lot of people have been saying that, but, I mean, in all reality, we might not know till the week of the first game because that, that's just kind of how some of those things go. Uh, but, again, I think he'd be a huge boost, and it's kind of solidifies that top five receivers, and you have five good receivers. you would Smith, who I think is going to be a guy that's going to be huge. Emir Smith-Marset, Oliver Martin, Tyrone Tracy, who, again – He's a guy who I think can be dynamic just in terms of size, uh, strength, and speed and hands. Uh, and Nico Regani. So, plus, especially since we don't know what to really expect out of the tight ends, which, you know, who, who really knows what's going to happen there? Well, uh, let's dive into a little bit of the running game. Uh, the first thing that stands out to me is, guys, Torn Young looks huge.
2: Like, I mean, he's always kind of been a big kid. What well, he's he's always been pushing two thirty, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, he, he, he looks like a Sean Green build. I think he's thicker than Green was at this point. When Green was faster, obviously, and had a little bit more, uh, a little bit more of that twitch, you know, that to break the first man. But Torn Young just looks like a bruiser now more than ever. Uh, with the picture, I think he's gonna be a guy that could see a really big uh, increase in time, but. You know, the kind of guy that I think needs to break out a little bit is Ivory Kelly Martin, especially since he's the fastest guy in the backfield that, that we know of. I mean, we saw Shadrick Bird a little bit in the spring scrimmage. Uh, we we didn't get to see Tyler Goodson. Goodson, we'll see if he can break the mold, but I I said he could have played a few months ago, but just all the returning experience now, I think he's going to be a right candidate.
2: Yeah, there's so many bodies. I, I would say, and barring injury, you know, Maybe get him into a few games, but I don't think it's. Miami, any-
0: Ohio, Mill, Tennessee yeah. State.
2: It's nothing to go crazy with. Just slap him with a red shirt, and then I think what all the running backs right now are juniors. All the, those, yeah. those three.
0: Uh, uh, one thing to kind of note though, Torn Young is a red junior, and if he wants to go be the man somewhere else for his, again, I'm not. this is off no yeah. inside yeah. info. If he wants to go be the, the one running back, he can transfer.
1: Mm-hmm. I think Iowa doesn't want to. They don't want to burn the red shirts either for Goodson and Shad Bird. I think they can be totally content with putting a red shirt on those guys for this upcoming season 100%. Yeah, and I
0: something to note too, and I think Sean will agree with me on this, that Shad Bird looked a lot better than I thought he would
1: in the spring scrimmage. <clears throat> well, I mean, he plays top, played top competition in Alabama yeah. in high school and didn't necessarily have the best to offer list, or I mean, not best offer list, most elite. UAB is a decent program. Troy's, Thanks, B.J.
0: Fleck. Appreciate
1: it. Troy, Troy is a decent program. Um, he would have been the guy at both those schools probably in his first or second year. But he chose to come to Iowa because that's his style of brand of football. He likes playing. He can compete, I think he'll be able to be kind of – I think in the future they'll be able to do that one-two punch at running back with good – And number. it
0: gets more interesting too because next year you have – the Williams, I mean, Gavin Williams, and you got LaShawn. LaShawn Williams, I think, is really underrated. And the the production he has in high school, yeah. his coach told, did he tell you, Sean, that next year he could hit 3,000 yards? Or Steve yeah, Wilfong. Steve Steve. Yeah. But I mean, 3,000 yards as a high school senior, I mean, that, that's a, That's like Brandon Wager numbers from I, I want
2: to say Torrin Young approached that as a senior too in Wisconsin.
0: Well, yeah, he also had about 340 carries or something. Yeah, he was ridiculous. Like, he was was the one-man band for... Yeah, he was a tank. Well, like I said, with the bruiser, he can handle that sort of impact. He outweighed everybody by 50 pounds. Uh, But, no, I mean, again, I think Ivory Kelly... Ivory Kelly Martin had a bunch of injury issues last year, and I think his season would have been different had he gained some momentum in that first game because if you guys can recall, he broke about... Three or four runs that probably would have went for 25 yards or more, but every single one of them got called back <laughs> for some penalty. <laughs> There's two holds, I think a, a, a block in the back or something, and I think it was the, uh, I can't remember the name of the penalty, and Kirk Ferentz would have my head for it. The one he just hates. Where he, the chop block, chop block. Chop block.
2: When you're five, five yards past.
0: Yeah, That's each a chop block. So, Ivory kelly Barnes' longest run last year is 19 yards, which is... Kind of crazy think about considering how much faster he is than Mackay Sargent and Torn Young.
1: Oh, dude, when he played us in high school, he would consistently bust out, like, 70, 80-yard runs like is, none other. No,
2: I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off there, Sean, but I would track, you know, you track the, uh, the you know, stats every Saturday morning you wake up and it always seemed like he had, you know, yeah, a 60-plus-yard yeah, yeah. run. He would always break off these long runs, and yeah, like you said, you just didn't see it last year.
0: It, it, the crazy part to me about last year, I mean, think about this. They only had six runs of 20 yards or more. And the longest run of the season was on Torn Young's first carry, which came like midway through that third quarter because he played about three plays in that first half, and he blocked on all three of them.
1: What I like, though, is that they've established two of the top two are. Yeah. I think that's the thing with consistency, too, because I think that was – Icam's problem last year. I mean, yes, he was hurt, but when you're having – when you know there's someone on your tail, I mean, yes, it makes you work hard, but it also makes you afraid to make those mistakes and kind of – you kind of feel like you're playing scared or timid in a way. So I think that's what – I don't know how Sargent and Young are programmed, but I think that was another big reason why Kelly Martin was kind of – Yeah, I mean, I, I – I, I get it, though. And the thing is, when
0: I when I talked to Torin about Big Ten media days, because I just said, hey, look, like, everybody knows what happened last year, but the, the real key is, like, what have you guys done in the off season to kind of break that mold? And he just said, look, Makai, Ivory, Ivory, and I didn't know the playbook last year. Like, they, they knew where they were supposed to go, but they didn't know where the wide receivers would be blocking. They didn't know where the O-line would be blocking. They didn't know where every man on the field was supposed to be. And he just said that 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 made a huge impact on the way they played because they could run. I mean, if you look back, they literally ran into their own man half the time. Uh, And I think part of Ivory's problem is he wasn't really that patient last year, though, either. I mean, there'd be times where he just run straight in and get tackled two-yard gain, three-yard gain, wouldn't really wait for the blockers to do their job. So I think with them knowing the playbook and – I think them embracing that sort of committee. Because Torrance said, look, it doesn't have an impact on us, really. It does a little bit, but he just said we need to make the most of every opportunity because if we do that, then we're going to continue to get the ball, which is true. I mean, they're going to feed the hot hand. I mean, look at especially Mackay Sargent against yeah. Penn State before the you know the three-yard interception. But Mackay really started to get on fire, and I still think if they handed the ball off, they, they at least score and make it interesting and make Trace McSorley do his heroics like he did the year prior. Uh, so, again, I think there's a lot of potential. I think Tristan Wirfs and Alaric Jackson really need to solidify their run-blocking technique, but they're both first-round pass-protecting talent. I mean, Tristan Wirfs, I don't think, a lot of sack last year, and I think Stanley only got hit twice by his man.
2: I think the only game I can really recall Jackson struggling in was maybe the Penn State game.
0: Oh, with Gross Maddox. Yeah.
2: yeah, but
0: that's that's a first round defensive end. But I yeah. mean, that's guy. he doesn't really matter because the guys he's going against in the pros, you know, they're pro bowlers. They're big time guys.
1: Aponte also dominated him in spring practice.
0: Oh, that yeah, he yeah. was not happy after that practice. No, when we talked to him.
1: was all over I mean, rightfully so because it's. A.J., but those are the type of guys you're going to go up against in the NFL.
0: Yeah, and something I do want to note, too, because I'll, I'll transition into the uh, us picking breakout players, but A.J. Epinesa, there was a play in spring practice where he used one hand, put Jackson on his back, and got a sack. Obviously, they don't hit the quarterback in spring mm-hmm. practice, but I just sat there, and I just thought, this kid's a top three pick. Like, Because Jackson could potentially be a first-round pick, and you're planting him on his, his back with one arm.
2: So, I, I mean, you could kind of see the raw, just the raw, I guess God-given ability, especially when he was in high school. Obviously, you know, you come, you have to work your butt off, you know, you get stronger, you get faster, but I mean, I'm trying to recall a guy that was more, you know, set up to to basically, you know, if they groomed him properly that he was going to be a top 5 pick and I don't I don't know if Wurfs maybe, but yeah. Um, AJ was was a freak in high school, and obviously he's a freak in college too, too.
0: AJ was just all athleticism in high school because if you look at his numbers and his number, his numbers weren't really that great in high school. Like I think his senior year he had seven sacks, maybe eight. But, I mean he probably triple teamed every time. Like, yeah, that, yeah. But, but I mean when when you just see his development and everything he's done now, it. it I don't believe in the phrase that you're born to go to a certain school, but in terms of being perfectly suited for a school, there's really not much better than Epinesa in Iowa. Just because his dad went there, he you know he's only been con- praised by the coaching staff and his teammates. Two you know a five star talent with a two stars mindset going into the school, and he's really just been all over. And that's why I think he's gonna. Have a legendary year this year and probably be second all time in sacks at Iowa single season.
2: Five sacks as a senior for him. Five sacks as a yeah. senior year. Five. Yep.
1: How many did he have his freshman year of the college?
2: Uh, Four and a half. And then last year, ten and a half. Ten and a half. Yeah.
0: On forty-eight percent of snaps played. That's
2: insane. And you got him fifteen this year. I got
0: him fifteen or more. I don't think well, I'm not he, even limiting fifteen.
2: I don't think he reaches that number. Just gonna really. He's gonna see a lot of double teams, I think.
0: That's but here's the thing though: if you put Nixon in the middle and you get Chauncey Golston on the other, because Chauncey Golston's gonna be a guy
1: that people are gonna learn. And, he know,
2: could have a huge year yeah, just based off of, you know, what the type of attention um, that AJ's gonna receive.
1: Lattimore too is a little more dynamic than Sam Brinks was. Yeah. In terms of up the middle, for sure. Because Brinks was more clogging the run, clogging up space.
0: The biggest X factor right there though. Uh, before we kind of again dive back into everything, is Davion Nixon? I mean, he's just that Carl Davis sort of body and skill set that I think Iowa defensive tackles have been missing since they had oh, Julio Johnson, Julio, yeah. Carl Davis, and that that's what that's how Iowa defensive lines operate. They need those big-bodied guys that can really clog up space. And there's a huge difference between, you know, I hate to say it, but like a Sam Brinks type. In terms of just a pure physical frame, versus a, a Julio Johnson, a Davion Nixon, because they can draw those double teams. Well, they they can't double team both edge rushers and a guy in the middle, which I think, you know, I think Iowa's defensive line could be better than last year's.
2: At the top, it's certainly, I think it's it's pretty stacked. But you know, you you do worry a little bit about the about the next guys. Obviously, you know, last season was kind of almost. You know, obviously this 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 year's group gets compared to it, but it's you know last year was like that's a freak thing that doesn't happen that often when you have eight you can go eight deep, and it's guys that are proven you know what you're going to get from them. So I mean, I'm on board with you there, Dave. I think it could be it could be better than last year's, but I mean we'll we'll have to see what the second unit brings.
0: I kind of put it in the board though too is just the I think technically last year's is a lot more developed. But in terms of athleticism and pure upside, I think this year's has it beat. But, like, you're not going to get more technically sound than a Parker Hesse or a a Matt Nelson in the middle. Uh, So I'm interested to see that. I also think Zach uh, Van Valkenburg, the D2 Hillsdale college transfer, could be big time because he wasn't – he put together some really nice numbers at Hillsdale, but he described himself as a run stopper. And that's something I think – Iowa, if you're worried about anything on the edge, it's the ability to stop the run. Epinesa gave up a 25-yard run against Maryland last year, which is why they had more than 100 yards in that game. And Chauncey Golston, the biggest reason why scouts aren't really tuned into him right now is because they don't trust his ability to stop the run right now. So I I think that's something to watch. Uh, Dylan, you wrote an article this past week about 10 breakout candidates. Uh, but I, kind of, I think this would be a pretty good discussion to have. So you guys give me one offensive player and one defensive player uh, that you could see having a breakout year.
1: Um, I'll start with defense. So I think a guy like DJ Johnson playing the cash position will be someone to really I wouldn't, yeah, keep an eye on in terms of just He's going to be productive. I think that's what I like about him on his high school tape. He's a good athlete, um, makes a lot of plays, comes from a great program too down there. Um, and I think we'll just be kind of a guy in the defense that won't necessarily be a focal point, but you're gonna, he's going to be a guy that is going to be productive. He's going to make you tackles. He's going to finish his tackles. He's going to be a threat in both the pass and rush defense. I think overall too is just – I know there were a lot of people that were kind of like, when the cornerbacks were struggling last year, they were saying, hey, maybe we should get him some run and not a guy like Riley Moss or even when Julius Brent, even though he had a great season, was struggling a little bit. People were like saying, man, when's D.J. Johnson going to emerge? And I think this year is going to be that time when he's going to get his run because Phil Parker has talked about before in media breakout sessions that he's been a guy, D.J. Johnson's been a guy that he's really high on. Um, There's a couple other guys, too, that aren't coming to mind right now that – play that cash. Who else was in it? Or he talked
0: that, about Michael Oshamudia possibly being in yeah. it.
1: But J- Johnson's more built they for that. Also, Dane
0: Belton has also said that. Dane, yeah. He said, I, he, which I think he could do really well, yeah. but I don't know if they want a true freshman going in that. And yeah. I do think he's a retro candidate, but think, he's going to be big time in the future, I think. Yeah.
1: I like him at safety, too. But the nice thing about Dane is he can play both safety and corner. He's, and that's what I, I talked about him when they were recruiting him either playing cash they something. want him learning like three or four different positions at least. Yeah. Which I mean is gonna be take a lot on the kid. I mean he even has size for like a linebacker. Yeah. He's like six one. He's
0: built too. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, mean not necessarily
0: an Iowa. I, I don't I don't think people realize like I know he's very a three star, but he he's a guy who could be yeah. really, really. And he's returned
1: punt he returned punts in high school too and yeah. was like uh, punts and kicks. And he was a guy that had a lot, but we're talking about Johnson here. So in terms of that defense, I'm saying Johnson. know, uh,
0: Dylan. Give me defense because we'll go with defense and I'll switch right. to offense.
2: Uh, I think I'm gonna go with a guy on the defensive line. I'll probably say Cedric Lattimore. Um, he's just kind of it's you know it's he's been behind, you know guys like Johnson, Matt Nelson, uh, Nate Budgeout while he, while he was here. So he's kind of been able to learn and learn. And I think he he was a little bit banged up last year, correct?
0: Uh, uh, Well, he got suspended for the first game of the season. That's right, yep. And then he kind of fell behind. It was him and Tristan Wirfs who were the two they missed, that got the, they missed
2: for the first game. It wasn't yep.
0: AJ as well. Alaric. Ooh. Alaric, was, yeah, Alaric was suspended.
2: Yes, he was, yep.
0: Two
2: that feels like okay, a long maybe,
0: time maybe, ago. No, maybe Cedric didn't get because I know Brady Reef was suspended a game. AJ was suspended, and worse was. I don't think Cedric was suspended. I take that back. I don't think Cedric got suspended.
2: Okay, um, he Apologies just no. no AJ I couldn't did not get suspended. I couldn't. I couldn't remember off the, off the top of my head, but yeah, he just feels like a guy that's ready to take that next step. He's gonna. He's gonna be out there majority of the time. A lot of youngsters behind him, so. I mean, as a senior now, you know, he hasn't really... In high school, he was a beast. A lot of... I think he had, let's see, 17 sacks, which is the school record for... Uh,
0: his senior year? Yeah, his
2: senior year. Jeez. So, I mean, he just feels like a guy that's, you know... he it's The talent's there, obviously. He just feels like a guy that needs to take that next step. I don't know if it's this year. I think it is.
0: He has to be. Central he has football. to. Yeah, this is the mean, last he, one. He, uh, he's a guy that I feel like people, they, they wish they had another year with. Because that was before the red shirt rule was enacted. But I mean, he has a lot of game experience. So, I mean, he just has to put it together, or he's just not going to. Uh, you know, for me, I I almost hesitate on this. I want to say Geno Stone really isn't a breakout guy because he's going to be. I think people expect him to take that next big step. I'm going to go with Chauncey Golston. I think Golston, by the end of the year, can play himself in the third and fourth round NFL draft contention. I do think he'll have actually a legitimate decision to make because I think he'll have at least six sacks, first of all. I think he'll force at least three fumbles, and he'll recover at least two, and he'll have two passes deflected. He he has the work ethic. He has the the physical frame. He's got the size. He's got the, the work ethic. He's got the speed. I think he's guy, if he can put it all together, he can play himself into third, fourth round contention. And if he comes back that following year, I think he could be at best, you know, a late second round draft pick, which, you know, five years, but if you get a late second round pick out of it, uh, that's pretty good. I, I also think Davion Nixon is going to be in the mix, too. I think he'll play his way into about 45% of snaps when it comes to late season.
1: I think part of it, too, is just going to be how much he wants it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: For sure. That's going to be a big deal. And should we get the offense now? Yeah, let's go offense. Sean. I've talked about on time and time again. I'm going with Nico Reganey. I think it's just, yep, the I know you pissed on that one. But <laughs> I just think in terms of his tools and what he brings in terms of just his playmaking ability and how efficient he is and how much talk there's been around him. He's gotten bigger too, looking at pictures at camp and stuff yeah, that he's Yeah, Just posted. today
0: I watched yeah. I looked at the thing, he S- looks a lot bigger. Stuff
1: that he's put on Instagram as well is just he's big and I think he's gonna be tough for big ten secondaries, big ten linebackers to cover. I'm I'm going to I mean
0: anything. Gino Stone said sorry, before you go don't I mean Gino Stone even said during an interview session this summer Nico is hard to cover in practice, and Nick Easley, and Nick Easley's turning heads at Bills camp. And I think Nick Easley could potentially make that roster, at least from what I've heard. So if he's already a tougher cover as a redshirt freshman, then you know a potential fifty-three man roster in the NFL. That's some that's some pretty high praise. Yeah. All right, don't give me a guy.
2: Yeah. Well, I was gonna I was gonna take Reganey, but that's okay, Sean. I can <laughs> I can go with the backup here. Um, I guess I'll. I don't know if you can really consider him a breakout, but I'm I'm gonna say Mackay Sargent just because, you know, last year was the first year since I think I want to say 2006 where Iowa didn't have an 800 yard rusher, and that's obviously I think that
0: they were maybe it wasn't that, but I think oh there was like 2010 or 2014 where they were literally last in the country in rushing yards or rushing yards per carry. I don't think that's something. I think that was the four and eight year.
2: It would have been 2012, then, I believe. Oh, so yeah, I bet 2012. Yeah, because that was when they went four. But they might
0: have had an 800 yard rusher because that' probably the only guy I that carried they, the ball. Yeah,
2: I think it was Wiseman. I think I think it was Wiseman, and I think it was like barely 800 yards. But, yeah, yeah, it was 06, and I'm trying. To, I can't remember who the lead back was. I can look it up here quick. But they just they need more consistency. I know we touched on it a little bit prior to this, but you know, it felt like guys were just coming in, and there just wasn't that guy that was able to get it rolling and then finally there at the end you know sergeant kind of takes takes charge albeit it was against nebraska and illinois two of the probably the probably the two worst defenses in oh, oh, the big oh, it was, 10 God,
1: awful.
2: I, I was yeah i was at Don't that game it, and yeah. that it was uh that was one that you leave at halftime yeah <laughs> so but i'll take i'll take sergeant i think he goes over 1100 yards um because I, I mean torn young's gonna play on third down and i think that the guy that's going to be left kind of out in the dark is going to be Kelly Martin.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's fair. Enough. I, I think you can't consider him a breakout just because of last year's totals in terms of we'll go Oliver Martin. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. All right, if, he's el- if he's eligible, it's Oliver Martin to me. I, I Hands on, I think he's a guy who will get you 30 receptions his first year. Iowa has never, at least in a long time, hasn't had the tools of a high school American. I'm going to go with Tyrone Tracy. I said last year that Tyrone Tracy should have played. Because I think he's he had one catch last year. I think it was for 30 yards. And it was against Northern Iowa when he came in the fourth quarter. It was on a third down, jumped up, caught it. I it was a really nice play. But even Kelton Copeland said that Tracy's a guy that is dynamic and he's different than everybody else that was in the locker room at the time. And obviously him being a 1,000-yard back and a 1,000-yard receiver in high school – I think he has more pro tools at his disposal than almost anyone on the roster besides Brandon Smith because Smith's hands and size he seems to put together the route running and kind of that belief in himself and toughness but he kind of showed that I think late in the year uh with some one-handed grabs but I'll, I'll go with Tracy.
2: No, that's I think that's a really good pick just he, he did so he did so much in high school for for them that yeah it's almost like he's you know, he was. Too. Yeah, like, he was on my list too. But yeah, it's. I don't
0: know if you guys follow Chris Doyle on Twitter, but he, tw- you know, he tweets out all the weight room pictures during the uh, like in the off season.
1: I did figure out that some of those are old pictures too.
0: Did you? Yeah. Well, I some will say they days. they tweet out, they tweet out a lot of Tracy.
2: And he was ringing that bell a lot, like
0: like three different times in a week. Yeah. And he, that's why I was saying, like, he's a guy who. Again, he's built like a potential Sunday receiver, but we'll see what he can do on the field. But in terms of the frame, he has the frame of a future maybe Sunday guy. Uh, now, something I did want to do before media day hit, before fall camp really got in the swing of things, I want to go quickly. We're going to go game by game, WL, one reason why. And then we'll have a final total. Don't, don't panic. It's not as hard as it sounds. <laughs> you can do it. I believe in you. Sean, I don't believe in you but I, you still have to do it. There it is. I've done it like five times on like, a radio show, <laughs> so, so
2: Oh he's Sean's uh Sean's just Sean's ready to go. He's got this written down, yeah. yeah. Oh it does? Oh now he doesn't. Uh, okay,
0: no. don't don't give him credit. I'm looking at right. his right now. <laughs> don't give <laughs> him credit. <crap>. Uh <laughs> Miami, Ohio, Iowa's a twenty one and a half point favor. I think they cover it. I think they cover it.
2: Yeah, I mean, we all kinda know how those games go. Um yeah, would you I mean, say 21-and-a-half, I mean, point favorite? Twenty-one Manny
1: and half. Gamba making his return, to Iowa City. That's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he is.
2: Yeah. No, that's going to be that'll be a win. Um, Shouldn't just much, a tune-up, unless really, I mean, unless obviously. they have a
0: slow start like they have. You know, they did last year. I mean, Iowa was only up seven three seven zero at half last year. You know what? No, they were, they were up 3-0 last year. I think they I mean, were they scored yeah. just before half. They were in the yeah. field goal, and everybody just said, "Oh my lord, what's going on?" <laughs> Uh, You know, the the best part about Twitter, obviously, is the halftime panic in the beginning season game when you're only up 3-0 versus a quote-unquote tune-up. You know, I mean, next week, Big Ten opener, Iowa's about to take first place in the Big Ten West because they're the only team that played a game. So they play Rutgers at home.
2: Pretty easy? Yep, that's a W. All
0: right, nobody wants to back up Chris Ashe's, uh Scarlet Knights?
1: No. No. Not right now. Not, not particularly? Stein. Not on okay. stock yet.
0: Yeah, they were uh, last that's in offense last year. Arthur Sikowski, he's probably not going to start. Actually, he did hold an Iowa offer because he used to be the quarterback at IMG Academy, mm-hmm. if I uh, recall correctly. But he had five touchdowns and 18 interceptions his freshman year. Not, not the best. But they do have uh, what, Kenny Blackshear. Pretty, pretty running backs. Pretty dynamic guy. And then they also have K. Ron Adams, yeah. the one that actually was gonna officially visit Iowa and then decided to stick with his commitment with the Scarlet Knights.
1: And then they got Shep Bird
0: instead. Yep. Well, yeah, I mean that's not my downgrade based on what we've seen. As of now. Here's here's what I think the most highly anticipated Hawk game in ever. I mean, they're both probably gonna be two and zero. Uh it's gonna be at Ames, and I do think there's a chance that Game Day goes there because there's not that many good games in week three. If they're smart, I think they go there. But the problem is, uh, it's a three PM game. Yeah.
2: It's but on Fox it's will probably on, have that. It's on FS One. It's yeah. on
0: FS One, but yeah. it doesn't totally eliminate it, but it greatly decreases yeah. the chances yeah. of it. So no. I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't probably. Probably. Well, it, yeah. it's Dave, p- Dave
1: Wakeup.
0: No, <laughs> uh, it depends. No, it's not what I'm saying. It's not totally out of the question. I don't think it'll happen, but it's not like no one shut thing. Uh. Brock Purdy, eight. obviously I would not go against him last year. He had a pretty good, what, last eight games when he started after Kyle Kemp's got hurt? Yeah. yeah. And then great defense, I think. I think probably the best defense in the Big 12, which isn't saying much, but it, it's, a, it's a start. Uh, Very good defense, I really huh? don't know who I'm going to pick in this game.
2: I was just going to say the same thing. I
0: really don't know. I would say it. You, you got Iowa State. I'm leaning that way too. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm very. I'm like seriously 50 50. But I, I with Hakeem Butler and David Montgomery, I just need to know who are the weapons that are going to step up for them. But they have Jairal uh, Brock, who's probably gonna be a little bit mad right now at <laughs> Iowa. So he's probably gonna go for 150 yeah. yards.
1: And the running backs room, room names is wide open too.
0: Brees Hall, the other one, yeah. all American, yeah. call too. They
1: have like five running backs going for the starting spot or something like
0: that. Yeah, Camp Campbell's really done a great job with that program too. I think no Iowa fan to really dispute that. You know, people throw shade with records and all that, but in terms of culture turnaround and kind of national perception, Matt Campbell's done an awesome job with Iowa State. Yeah.
1: I, I think Iowa State. I'm giving them the edge right now. Yeah, but subject guess, to change. Cause yeah, because it depends on how both teams do during the openers, I, uh, and maybe there's God forbid suspensions, injuries, mm-hmm. whatever, but.
0: As yeah, obviously now. that's a huge deal. I, yeah. The only thing I want to say about this game, too, is I think this is the most important game on Iowa's schedule. I, I talked with FS1's Joel Klott, uh during Big Ten Media Days, and I asked him, how does Iowa win the West this year? He said two things. One, Nate Stanley needs to throw 30 or more touchdowns, a.k.a. special year, which is what he said. And two, they have to beat Iowa State. And he said traditionally Iowa does better when they beat Iowa State. And, you know, there's a couple outliers there. Like 2000, 2002, obviously, is an outlier. But, again, Brad Banks got hurt in that game and missed, I think, the second half at least. And, he got hurt in the first quarter, missed the rest of the game and came back the next week. Uh, that's going to be the difference between 9-10 wins and 7-8 for Iowa, is beating Iowa State. I think it's that big a deal.
2: I mean, it's I'm, it's it's just really tough. I mean, I think it's going to be a defensive struggle because I, I don't know it, how much I like – the offensive weapons that Iowa State has, uh, especially that's, that's when you lose when you lose Butler and you lose Montgomery. Obviously, you get your quarterback back, but you know I was going to have a tough defense. But then Iowa State, they have. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be an aficionado on Iowa State football, but that's a really good defense. Yeah, like a really good defense. Like and, four
0: or five preseason All Big 12 guys.
2: I mean, like, if you're a betting guy, under, under on mm-hmm. whatever, because. I don't know if it gets – what was the score last year? 13-3. Yeah, I would expect something very close to – similar to that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I – I'm just debating on this. I'm going to give Iowa the edge because defensive struggles, for the most part, go in Iowa's favor. And if I had to pick a defense to trust in that game, I'm going to pick Iowa's defense. And the momentum is in Iowa's favor. They've won four straight. But – I could easily change that. Uh, I
2: think mean, that's it, a coin flip. That's yeah, a coin flip it really game. is.
0: I mean, I think it's the only lines only three and a half, and you get three at home, so it's basically a pick. Em. Yeah. Uh, Iowa gets a bye week. They're going to win the week that week for sure. Yep. Uh, Middle Tennessee State. AJ Pineda gets three sacks. Gets taken out after halftime. I mean, I, I think that's. I think that's a thirty-five
1: point win. Not, not disagreeing with you. Yeah,
0: I, I know, figured nobody way be the Middle so, Tennessee okay. State uh, defender.
1: They take right there.
0: Uh, at, at Michigan, here's the thing. Iowa won't beat Iowa State and Michigan. They're going to lose one of those games. But, like I said, I might change Iowa State pick. But I think Iowa beats at least one of those teams. Because Iowa has holds the you know, five of the last six against Michigan. They always play Motivate against them. And Jim Harbaugh just has nightmares about Iowa with those last-second field goals. But Josh Gaddis is really trying to revolutionize that. Offense, and he's going to put Shea Patterson in some yeah. really good positions, I think. Well, who was
1: is, who is the quarterback when Iowa played Michigan? Last before Michigan, the year before? Before Michigan, when they beat Oh, who was that? Oh, gosh, I know his name. It wasn't – Was that, it one of the – Was Was it Peters?
2: No, it was – Spate? Yeah, it Spate, was, it was, it was Will Spate. Spate.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, a little better quarterback this time, too. Oh, for sure, yep. 100%. Yeah, 100%. And that, that's why I think it's been the big deal
0: there. Uh, Iowa, again, Iowa's defense usually comes to play – uh, they don't i don't know who the running backs going to be though that's the biggest question mark they'll have they got arguably i think the best five receivers set in the country up there i don't know who's going to play running back for them but i do think i'd give michigan's ah, i give michigan offense the slight edge they do lose a lot of defensive playmakers but right. i I'll, I'll pick michigan for now just to be safe but i do think they'd be either michigan or iowa state
2: yeah a lot of holes but i think and obviously playing at the big house is uh difficult I think I remember when I was there covering a game um, in 2012, and that was when Devin Gardner was their quarterback. And I think
0: that's a name. It's uh, <laughs> just throwback.
2: i try to remember what the final score was. All I know is it was not pretty.
0: It was, it was
2: uh, like 44-16 or something. Don't wasn't it? I don't know if that's the last time I was been to Ann Arbor. I think it is. And it was not pretty. Uh, but that was obviously a bad year. Um, so, I mean, we'll see, but Michigan has a lot of holes. I You know, Iowa has some holes too. It's 20. No, that
1: was a home game. Never mind. Yeah, that was the last time. Yeah, was 2012, yeah. I was say,
2: 2012, yeah it was, and it was 42 to 3, maybe? 42 17. 17 40,
1: yeah, God.
0: I thought it was like 44 16 or something. So, I knew it wasn't. It's not, it wasn't
2: pretty. It's a tough place to play, and, you know, Michigan's obviously the quarterback's the biggest thing. And then obviously the wide receivers are going to be a tough cover with, uh, you know, Peoples Jones is, I think, the number one guy there with, I think, Tariq Black. Oh, yeah. So. Um, I mean,
0: they got three receivers t- that could go pro next year.
2: I'll, t- I'll take the Wolverines.
0: Yeah, I go Wolverines Me too. Fun fact: Iowa's largest margin of victory against Michigan all time is twenty-six to zero, and the largest uh, win for Michigan is one hundred seven to zero, which was nineteen oh two. Jeez. Fun, Just drop fun it. fact: Just dropping stats on us. Uh, so Penn State, I'm picking Iowa. I think the last two years have really rubbed them the wrong way. I think Nate Stanley goes for four touchdowns against that tough defense. I think that's going to be kind of his like, comeback game against them, especially considering his 18-49 to 49 performance. By the way, I'd like to already make that four touchdowns three because four is a little bit lofty because that defense is going to be really yeah. good. So I'll go three touchdowns for Nate Stanley. I think Iowa wins by double digits at least. And I mean, I got a lot of flack from Penn State fans when I did the uh, rank toughness of games. I put Penn State seventh, hmm. which didn't sit right with even some Iowa fans too. But I'll... I'll go Iowa. I think their defense can keep like keep pace with Penn State. I don't trust Sean Clifford to make the plays uh, needed at quarterback. I don't know who their running backs gonna be. Great tight end play, great defensive line, good defense, but I, I I'll give Iowa the edge.
2: Well, it's probably gonna be a night game.
0: Oh yeah, and we know how
2: that goes for teams when they come to Big Visit Weekend Kinnick Stadium. Too, like you mentioned. And you know, like even put replacing the quarterback is gonna be very difficult. Um, and then you know, Miles Sanders is also gone. I think Ricky Slade is set oh, to yeah. be five star. Yeah. yeah, and he's he was a, a Yeah, team. and he's a good player. So I mean, we'll see what we'll see what they get from him there. But obviously the defense is going to be there. I think it's probably going to be another struggle. And I, I do see Iowa winning, but I don't I don't see it. The margin of victory isn't going to be that great. I can see maybe
1: a three or four point game. Okay, yeah. I do see Stanley's. I think third time is a charm for him against Penn State. I think he finally comes on top against the Niners because you look back, what, that was my freshman year, so that was The
0: last two years, because the yeah. first time they played was when Trace McSorley punted the ball in the stands after throwing that fourth down with two seconds left touchdown when it was yeah. fourth and goal. That's right, yeah. Heck of a play. Uh, the Jawan Johnson's at Oregon now, the receiver who caught that. Anyway, then the next year. Uh, Random
2: facts. <laughs> fun
0: facts of David. Uh and then last year, obviously, Iowa had that game basically won, but Noah Fant and Nate Stanley had a miscommunication about yeah. the play, and you know, tough scene there. Yeah. So, anyway, eighteen of forty nine. Really struggled the last half, that even the last half of the season too. For Stanley, Stanley threw, I want to say like fourteen or fifteen touchdowns the first three Big Ten games. The last six, he threw eight. Total touchdowns, but he hurt his thumb against Penn State in the fourth quarter after banging his thumb on the uh, back of Keegan Render's helmet, if I remember
1: correctly. So I'm, I'm Sean. See, so you got you got Iowa or you got Penn State? Yeah, I'm going to go with Iowa for now. I need to see a little Penn State because I think one of you guys mentioned there's still some holes quarterback wise too and running back. I think is a little iffy on that end. I mean, Slade's just not proven, but he's a yeah. very good talent yeah, that they got. Yeah, no, for sure, but. I still think there's just some question marks, but right now I'm going to go with Iowa just because I trust them a little more on that.
0: Yeah, uh, really quick, I was wrong. The uh, homecoming game is against Purdue the following week. It's the Black and Gold Spirit game, October 12th. Uh, so, so Iowa hosting Purdue... Like it's just Jeff Brom knows how to scheme Phil Parker's defense, yeah. and that's the biggest key. And Rondale Moore was shut down pretty much by Iowa last year, which is crazy. To think about considering Purdue still scored thirty eight. Yeah, but who was that
1: one guy? Didn't some guy have like?
0: Three uh, three Isaac touchdowns? Isaac Zico. Yeah, he had three touchdowns and against Riley Moss. I, that, I, I think that was. Yeah, it. I can't blank like out. Riley Riley Moss got picked on that game.
1: There's yeah. a there's a, I feel like there's a, the last two seasons it was it was a Rugamba. I think or they both
2: did. Was it, it was, was Brents? It, no, it was no, no, Brents not, and Moss. Oh. no,
0: last
1: year, yes? Yeah, Brents played buddy.
0: well against Purdue, if I remember correctly, because well, they kept going to Moss. Again, Moss was a guy that if they, if Phil Parker trusts you, play your freshman year, you're good. But he got picked
1: on last. Okay, year. but who was in 2017? Where it was, it, it was anyone up? that they was put it back Rugamba? There. No, because it was Rugamba. There was a drive. They made three substitutions.
0: In the next three drives, because every single guy that they kept subbing in got beat on a big play. They All they do is went deep.
1: They literally threw it three or four times down the field in
0: one drive. Same it play. It
1: was it was OJ, I think. It was, like, OJ. It was OJ. I, I OJ. feel like
0: it was Rugamba part. It of was it both. They they subbed in like three or four different guys. Like it wasn't one guy getting beat. It was literally that one guy beating the entire Iowa secondary. Which <sighs> I'm I'm gonna go Purdue. I I can't pick I can't pick Iowa just because I don't know how they're again I, I think Purdue's worse than last year I think Iowa should be able to put up thirty points
1: yeah
0: they got to stop Rondale Moore and they got to stop Jeff Brom's offense and I think I hate to say I think you know for Iowa fans but David Bell's probably going to have a tough shot of that game too because David Bell got praised at Big Ten media day he's gonna by play Brom. he's gonna play. a player yeah he's
2: gonna
1: play
0: yeah he's gonna be a top four receiver at least if not top three yeah. big time
1: uh. I mean, I think it's safe bets Purdue, not safe bet, but I'll say Iowa.
2: Just yeah. I, I, I think there's some holes. I think there's some holes on the Ooh. on Purdue's offensive line,
0: and I think Iowa.
2: Yeah, I think that they could, that the guys could really, especially if the offense is clicking, um, you know, you get out to a lead and then you can kind of give guys like Golston and Epinesa, you know, free reign to go attack. I think Elijah Sindelar is yeah. going to be there. Uh,
0: yeah, because he got a uh, six-year eligibility.
2: Yeah, and then David Blau. Uh, gone. Obviously gone. He, he felt like he was there for like a decade. Yeah, David no, Blau. a thousand
0: years. Yeah. Sindelar how's torched Iowa. Ball? when what two or three years ago he's he's the quarterback who torched iowa well, it wasn't blau it was cindelar who <laughs> torched him so yeah i'll, I'll go pretty uh at northwestern at northwestern what you guys got
2: that one's always tough uh outside of, i think what 2015 when they yeah put the put the hurting on him. um gosh i don't
0: know you go first here dave I point to you, so I didn't have to go first.
1: Uh, I mean, maybe Isaiah Bauer will have another breakout game. Well, oh, yeah, he was averaging like three and a half yards a carry
0: before he played Iowa's defense, and Iowa's rushing defense is top five.
1: Yeah, and he just ran
0: all
2: over. It's tough because they, the quarterback play is going to be really good. and Not that it wasn't bad for Well, all I'm interested Thorson, to see what
0: Hunter Johnson can do. The former five-star yes, Clemson transfer. Clemson,
2: yeah.
0: I may go Iowa simply because Iowa seems to do well most of the time in revenge games, and when they when Northwestern storm the field to claim the Big Ten West title in Kinnick, I think that's really gonna sit with the team the wrong way. And you know, Doyle and Ferrance and all them is gonna be reminding them of that. So I'll go, I'll go Iowa, but I'll tell you what, Patty Fisher and that entire Northwestern defense is pretty special. Like, that's arguably the best front seven in the entire conference, I think, Sean. Dylan doing Dylan, Dylan out earlier so you got <laughs>
1: yeah I just feel Ryanfield too that's another I mean it's not necessarily a tough place to play well it's because it's got a bunch third of, a third full half you know all yeah. the time <laughs> got a bunch of nerds scream at you <laughs> um Dar too is your <laughs> but yeah I think Hunter Johnson's gonna be it'll be I'll be interested to see what he does I don't know what he's going to do. That's why it's hard for me to predict. I I don't know how he's going to do it. A lot of receivers outside of Bennett, Scronic. A lot of it's just going to depend
2: on what you see the first couple weeks, you know, because Hunter Johnson could be, you know,
0: nothing. Take him over the top. I mean, because they have the defense to be a Big Ten champion. Yeah. I don't know. It's always been the offense been the question. Because in Cheryl's a great defensive mind.
2: And they won the Big Ten West last year. And I want to say Isaiah Bowser was out for the back half of the year.
0: No, he went off the last half there because their entire like the three guys in front of him got hurt.
2: Okay, so it was yeah, I mean, that. It yeah, was yeah, it was, was, he was it's almost
0: a Mark Weissman situation to gotcha, yeah. some extent. No, but, you know lesser touch. You know, and
2: he, he's going to be he's he's a player too. So I I don't know. It's just it feels early for me to be picking these games, Dave. You're putting way too much pressure no, you're
0: on not. me. No, just we'll, we do, we'll, do, after, we'll do it again after. We'll do it again after. I game. hate picking games. Honestly, you see, what I have to deal with. <laughs> It's just bad. Okay, so I'm going to go – I already picked mine. You guys are wusses. By week, they win. Win the week. At Wisconsin, I'm picking Iowa. I don't trust their quarterback play. I think Iowa, again, is just going to be mad. And Iowa needs to beat Purdue, Northwestern, and Wisconsin because they're 0-11 in their last few years playing against those teams combined. That's not how you win the Big Ten West.
2: No, but that's a tough place to play. I mean – Yeah, it is. And I mean, even, like Jonathan
1: Taylor their too.
0: defense though, I'm I'm concerned about, and they lose four of their five offensive linemen. The only reason why I'm hesitating is it's Jonathan Taylor.
1: Will Graham Mertz be the quarterback
0: at that point too? Evan is, Flood of Wisconsin uh twenty four seven sports said that what Jack Jack is say Cohn? Cone. Cone. Yeah. Count Jack Cohn. He went off apparently today yeah. in practice and he kind of set the tone for the entire practice and got most of the first team reps. So
1: yeah. they lost one of their tight ends too. I'm not sure.
0: They which. still have uh, Barry Alvarez's grandson.
1: They have fur Is, Is it Jake Ferguson? Yeah. Yeah, he's good. They have a kid from my alma mater as well, Jack Eschenbach. Yeah, Benedict Academy Grad. Fun facts with Sean.
2: It's going. It's going to depend on the quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah.
1: But that—that's what I said. I mean, who's going to be, who's going to be the starter at that point? Because you got. Do so you think freshman. a true true freshman versus the experienced guy? Top six. No, I'm not picking Wisconsin. Okay. But I think we've seen in the past where true freshman have taken over and really turned the season around or like oh, and Mertz is man. no
0: scrub people got realized realize he was the all-american bowl MVP
1: three star five touchdowns three star he was the number three number three quarterback he threw five touchdowns in the all-american game too yeah no one does that in an all-american game <laughs> I'm surprised he got enough snaps Graham Mertz does <laughs> Damn, man, I, think so I think it was the record for that, for the All American Bowl. Dude, I don't spend my days looking at the All. I all- have to. all, American bowls. <laughs> records. Sorry, I like I like talent.
2: I'll take Iowa. Okay. Uh
1: Minnesota. All right, yeah, after all that, I'll take Iowa too. Okay. okay, Minnesota. We
0: have three games left, boys. Iowa. At yeah. Home. Yeah. Iowa. Yeah, it's it's tough at home, tough,
2: Iowa. tough 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 yeah. covers. Those receivers, Iowa. but. I want to say their starting quarterback is out for. Uh,
0: well, Tanner Morgan Annixtad say he felt a pop in his foot. They're not sure if it's season-ending. but it, it was, was non-contact weird. as yeah. well.
1: They said it was serious too. Yeah. DJ the
2: defense, the defense will be will be strong, but I mean, so yeah, three
0: thousand-yard uh, rushers because they have Ronnie what Ronnie Smith back for his
1: like eighth
0: year. Yeah.
2: That's speaking of guys that have been the places that's for literally a yeah.
1: decade. And I quote: "They'll be young but experienced." Last year they were experienced. They were young. They were the
0: experience. youngest team in America last year, and now they're the second youngest team in America.
1: <laughs> but they're experienced. <laughs> they're they're experienced. Experience. <laughs> I listened to PJ Fleck Presser, and I wanted to run through a wall. Yeah,
0: Man, ultimate motivator, PJ Fleck, yeah. baby. But uh, I
1: think I didn't get to make my pick yet. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I mean, I'm turning towards Iowa. I know at first I was kind of like, yeah, Minnesota. That's an easy game. But it's an
0: intriguing pick of the Big Ten West.
1: Yeah. Sex very very. I mean, Nebraska is a sexy pick, but yeah, they have the schedule to do it too. That's okay. yeah, they do have an easy schedule, but yeah, I mean, it would just be interesting. I think I don't know. Annix said I don't know where he'll be at that point or how the core Minnesota quarterback situation because I guess they got like three or four quarterbacks that they can play. So
0: yeah, all right, Illinois, Iowa. Yeah, <laughs> really. they'll have Reggie Corbin. They'll have you know they have Brandon good Peters. running backs. Good, I mean, yeah, they got yeah Reggie Corbin's but a the Sunday guy. The
2: QB room is like Isaiah Williams and
0: Brandon Peters. Full of
2: question <laughs> marks. Yeah,
0: they have a lot of grad transfers, but it's Lovie Smiths last year. Really, uh, I, I'd say so.
2: With the way things have kind of been trending on the recruiting trail for them, I don't know if that would be wise. They kind
0: of had
1: that though. I mean, they got uh, some big guys last year and.
0: Again, yeah, but it takes a
1: little time for
2: guys to to turn Like
1: Illinois fans, you can't be you can't be pushing it. Like football's never been a big yeah, your basketball yeah. Well, it is now. Even
0: for the last like decade, it hasn't been. But they got a lot of talent now on that yeah. basketball.
2: Well, yeah. when did when did they make? I think they made a Rose Bowl appearance. in, like oh.
1: That was such a weird year. Six. I was in Illinois. Who do they have as a coach? Ron Juice Williams was yeah. the I had, a, yeah. I had a Juice Williams jersey.
2: Juice Williams was, the
1: game was is, a player. That yeah. was one of my The game games games. to decide the Big Ten
0: West, Iowa and Nebraska.
1: <sighs> you saying that right now?
0: Yeah. I think I think it decides the West. I think I think I think they enter the same conference record. I, I think uh one of them's gonna come on, I'm not picking first. So right. I will say Adrian Martinez. It, it depends on the health of Adrian Martinez. If Adrian Martinez goes down, Nebraska season goes down the tubes because yeah, he carries so better. much.
1: And the way he plays, he's too. dynamic. He's a great kid too. Yeah, I'm saying like the way he plays. He's aggressive. Scott not Frost afraid, offense. Yeah, not afraid to get his head in there. Get hit.
2: You guys might not like me for this, but I'm going to take the Cornhuskers. I would. And that that pick obviously could. <laughs> it could change because, you know, the game's not for three and a half more months. So Yeah. Um, but I just think, you know, last year, Adrian Martinez just – he looks kind of like what you were saying, Dave. He just looks like a veteran. And, you know, obviously he's got another year to get to work with Scott Frost. And I think the defense will be improved. And I think that the fact that it's in Lincoln is going to a lot. That's the biggest thing. Yeah.
0: That's the biggest thing.
2: It'll be, I think it's going to be a close game. It'll be, it'll be like last year, but I think it, co- it comes out in favor of Nebraska this year.
1: I think it'll be <laughs> – it'll definitely be a lot more fun to watch this upcoming year. This I thing. was not I was not too thrilled with it last year. It was kind of was weird. Well, yeah. because
0: – the remind everybody, too, maybe you guys don't remember this, but the pregame incident um, that happened with Nebraska yeah. going and <laughs> – Dancing in Iowa, look, people want to twist it. Nebraska fans don't like it. Saying it, I mean, I was there. It was what it was. They ran over and they were kind of taunting Iowa dancing in the warm up lines. Like that's, you know, it's just this is what happened. Yeah. Uh, Iowa fans I'm like Brian Ferentz went at Scott Frost. Like he chased him to the tunnel and was yelling at him the whole time. So Scott Frost and Brian Ferentz don't like each other. That's yeah,
1: sight so. to see. Yeah, I, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: so that that's a thing. Uh, so. Because people forget, Iowa was at first and goal or something like that, and they were up 28-13 in the third quarter. And Brian did a trick play, a fake field goal on fourth down, to kind of stick the nail in the coffin. They got stopped, and Martinez drove him down the field, and that changed the entire course of that game. So Iowa should have went up 31-13 with however much time was left. So... He acted out, you know, kind of vengeance or spite from what happened in the previous yeah. you know, in the pregame. So, I mean, again, I, I think it's going to be close game. Uh, I'm I'm picking Iowa. I don't feel great about it, but I don't like Nebraska's defense at all. They're turning. Like, Muhammad Barry is a really great linebacker. I think he's third in the Big Ten tackles. I don't trust their defensive line. I don't trust Nebraska's ability to develop defenders. I think their secondary will be better But I do think there's a lot of holes in that defense. Uh, I'm interested to see how their true freshman backs do. If Maurice Washington ends up being able to play or if he's going to be on the team. He had 108 receiving yards against Iowa last year. Wow. Uh, Offensive line, I'm not really sure about. But I'll I'll go Iowa just because more experienced team, I think they'll seize the moment. But I will say Nebraska in 2020 is going to be my favorite for the Big Ten West and maybe even the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, it's all about momentum going into the final game of the season, and how much each team has riding on this game. Because I mean, yeah, it's a big time game, but I mean, who knows what kind of who's coming off the winning streaks, what the records are, and everything. Um, Just based off kind of how the team's looking now, I think you got to go with Iowa just because some of the question marks around Nebraska's offensive line too. To me, a bit of a concern. Iowa's defensive line comes in experienced, talented, everything. So yeah, I think. (coughs) Excuse me. Safe bet. I've been saying safe bet. You have been saying safe bet. Sometimes I just have these words that just like (laughs) stick in my head. Like I was on some radio show, I kept saying obviously, and then one of the other times I said interesting, and I don't know. But I think I'm gonna go safe bet. Safe bet. Safe bet. Safe bet.
0: But well, I will say that puts Iowa at 10-2, and two, so that's not going to really happen for me. So I'm going to pick either Iowa to lose at Northwestern or at Iowa State. I think they beat Wisconsin, but they'll lose either Northwestern or lose to Iowa State. So Iowa will be 9-3. and three. Right now I have them winning the Big Ten West and losing to Michigan in the Big Ten title. Obviously, we will revisit these picks uh, and make everything kind of finalized while plenty of content finalizing our predictions. Uh, As the season gets closer, but we really wanted to get together and kind of preview Big Ten media days and address some of the latest things going on around Iowa athletics. Uh, Just a reminder again, the three for one special is going on at HawkeyeInsider.com. The deal does expire tonight at midnight. Just go to HawkeyeInsider.com and you'll see the story on the front page. Again, new members only, but this is the best deal in the market, and we are determined to bring you the most accurate, best. Information that we can uh, surrounding everything and anything Iowa-related. But that's going to do it for this episode of the SwarmCast. We will uh, come back again next week to kind of recap uh, Iowa Media Day because I'm sure there's going to be plenty of talk about uh, after we get the chance to interview the assistants, Kirk Ferentz, and all the players. Under four weeks till kickoff. Stay tuned to Hawkeye Insider and the SwarmCast for the latest. Take care.